If you appreciate the work that we do here at the Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council, become a member. As a member, you get benefits. The link will be right in the comments. Or, if you think we could be doing something better, we also want to hear from you. Just send us a direct message on Facebook. MRCC's weekly podcast is dedicated to helping you stay updated with the most important cannabis information in Massachusetts. This is done through a video audio podcast. We feel it's important for the community to be involved with what's happening. And what better way to do it than to listen to the stories that are happening today. Thank you all for joining us for the sixth episode of the MRCC podcast. And today we actually have all the four co-founders of MRCC sitting here with us to share their expertise on what the hell just happened with all the regulations. A lot of people are currently confused. A lot of decisions happened in the past two weeks. So we're going to dive into it and we're going to help you figure it all out. Before we go into that, we want to give thank you to our sponsors. Shout out to you, the members. As members, you give us the ability to do all the work that we do, to attend all the Cannabis Control Commission hearings, and recently, we have a surprise for you. As a member, you will now also be receiving your very own special MRCC Pin. We're super excited for these. Um, when is the next time we're going to be handing these out? So, NECAN. Oh, NECAN. Yeah, is NECAN coming Yeah, out? New England Cannabis Convention. What day? I think it's on the 24th and 25th. What is NECAN? Yeah, what's NECAN? It's like uh, one of the biggest conferences in the New England area. It is the like, Yeah, it's the biggest yeah. one. It's, it's a New England it's Cannabis a Convention. So, and then it's like over 250 exhibitors. There's going to be panels. Joey, are you speaking of a panel? Yes. Um, we may be speaking with MassCan. Um, they're doing their education village again. So, it's going to be huge. It's at the Heinz Convention Center, uh, the 24th and 25th. So, thank you so much for being a member, um, staying updated. This is your industry, and without your input, then there is no industry. Okay, today we're going to be talking about six things. So, number one, Kamani will be giving us a brief overview of everything that just happened in the past few weeks. After that, Joey will give us the four regulations that impact cultivators. Then, Gabby will be coming in and explaining delivery and social consumptions and the delay that came along with that decision. I will be explaining the drug trafficking convictions. And last but not least... What can you do if you don't like these regulations? Kamani will be talking about appeal. Kamani will also be reviewing a few other things that you should know about cultivation, plus the secret shopping program and the THC symbols that will be required for all edible products. So let's dive into it. Kamani, mm-hmm. give us a brief overview of everything that happened um, these past few weeks. So at the end of February, the 26th, the 27th, and the 28th, the five cannabis control commissioners had um, public policy debates in front of the public, um, and they went over the final regulations we have now from <clears throat> cooperatives to delivery um, to anything that affects you know, what this, the industry will look like. 
And yesterday, on the sixth, they final they had final votes on on the regulations on the final wording. They essentially hashed it out in public, and they were able to figure out what will work for them and what won't work for them. And then yesterday, they pretty much got the the nitty gritty details on each regulation and voted on them. So now we have completely finalized regulations. Yep. And time being, yeah. When are those regulations expected to be posted on the website? Um, they have until the 15th to, to publicize it. And I think they have until the 23rd to give it to the Secretary of State. So by the 15th, we'll see a public document. And you know, the 23rd, there, there might even be some more revisions that the Secretary of State can, can put in. But you'll at least have a full paper by the 15th that has all the nitty-gritty stuff. And where can we find um, videos of the Cannabis Control Commission hearings? These were all public meetings. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for any viewer to watch them? Yeah, we record all the meetings. If you go to our Facebook um, videos, we've recorded almost every Cannabis Control Commission meeting, including all the public policy debates and the final vote that they had yesterday. And can you talk a little bit about the summaries that members get if they are part of the member system? Yeah, so if you become a member on Patreon, we, excuse me, on Patreon, you get the summary directly to your inbox. So we do that as a courtesy to, to you. So thanks again for supporting us. All right. <laughs> thanks, Kamani. Okay, now over to you, Joey. What are four regulations that impact cultivators? So we want to go into a couple of uh, the decisions made by CCC in regards to cultivators, because we know a lot of local cultivators. We want to make sure that they understand these regulations so let's get into it. First of all, the tier system, the new tier system. Second would be the energy efficiency requirements. Uh, third would be the uh, reduction in annual licensing fees for outdoor cultivators. And fourth would be the cap on canopy sizes. All right. So tell us about the new established cultivation systems. One of the one of the big major changes to the cultivation system is the tier system. They actually expanded it. It used to be only up to four tiers, up to 10,000 square feet, and then you would pay additionally per square foot. Now, there's actually 11 tiers. So before these policy debates, um, the tiers were limited from tier one to tier four. They've actually expanded the tier system from tier one, which, was be, which would be explicitly for micro-businesses, up to 5,000 square feet, moved it all the way up to 11 tiers which gives you up to 100,000 square feet of canopy. Okay, and is this good or bad for cultivators? I think this is good. Um, specifically, I'll, I'll go into why it's good for small businesses and micro-businesses, but it does put a cap on, um, you know, just really big corporations coming in and, and having this gigantic, never-ending, giant uh, facility. Um, you know, we don't want million square foot facilities. They capped it at 100,000 square feet, which is pretty good. Um, it does help create a more competitive market. Awesome. Okay, what about energy efficiency? I'm surprised that the Cannabis Control Commission is actually caring about energy efficiency. Yeah, so they had a lot of focus, especially on um, making sure that, you know, indoor growers don't use too much electricity because that would affect climate change. They recently just voted to increase the limit on watts per square foot, specifically for tier one growers. 
So the CCC had a policy debate, and they decided... Well, Shalene actually made the recommendation... Um, Commissioner title. Commissioner title. She made the recommendation to increase the square foot limit per per square foot from 36 watts to 50 watts. Um, and that's exclusive to tier one growers. And what does that mean? So what that means is per square foot, you're allowed to have 50 watts um, if you're in a tier one, if you're a tier one grower. Um, the reason this is important is because it allows micro businesses to get more light per square foot and that would result in a better quality, tighter bud, just better quality marijuana. Now, um, another important thing to note is that um, for the next 12 months, the current operators um, can use their existing watt wattage per square foot limit, but they're going to have to convert to the 36 uh, watts per square foot requirement after 12 months. That's awesome. So they're actually finding a way for the currently existing operators to actually fit these needs and I guess efficiency right. models. And shout out to Ed D'Souza. Um, he was yes. actually a very big advocate in increasing the limitations for small growers. We believe that smaller growers are going to have higher quality marijuana, and we just want to shout out Ed D'Souza for that. How did growers. Ed make that happen? What, so, how, how did he make the interaction? Easy. I mean, he just reached out to, to the commissioners. Uh, yeah, Ed just tweeted on e, Twitter, e and Celine got back to him. Yeah right away so that was pretty awesome yes. it shows that the commissioners are listening and if there's something that concerns you you should definitely be vocal about it on all fronts mm -hmm. can you tell us about the benefits of growing outside i heard that outside growers get a huge reduction right so if you're growing outside then your application fees will be reduced by 50 percent and this is due to just the environmental impact that indoor growers have on the environment so if you have land, you really want to consider outdoor cultivation because it's going to be much more affordable for you to do so, and it's going to be easier on the environment as well. Hell yeah. Shout out to them for making that happen. Yeah. Yeah. What about co-ops? Are they affected by any of this? Yes. So the Cannabis Control Commission voted um, so that if you have more than six locations in a co-op, uh, you can actually have more than that, but you need to pay a fee per extra location. So this was a big controversy prior to the policy debates. Farmbug Co-op started this petition to make it so that there was no cap. Farmbug. Yes. Farmbug. So their petitions and your voices as consumers and constituents changed the mind of the CCC. So now there's no, no caps on the number of locations for co-ops. But if you have more than six, you have to pay a fee per the extra location. Thank you, Joey. All right. Now, Gabby, tell us about this phenomenal win that happened for delivery and social consumption. I understand that it was bittersweet. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so in the first public policy debate that happened last week, they were discussing social consumption and delivery only licenses. One of the compromises the Cannabis Control Commission came to was that- I know, yeah, like Flanagan and McBride really wanted a delay. Yeah, they wanted a delay, and they, their reasoning was, we're already moving too fast, so why, where are we going to overextend our capacities if we can't handle it? They're already struggling with in finalizing their regulations now, so why put more pressure and more work on something that they're unsure of? There are many insecurities in the CCC right now in regards to social consumption and delivery-only licenses, 
because they claim that there isn't enough local data. Shaleen said, okay, if we're going to delay, then we have to understand as a control, as a CCC that we're hurting disproportionately impacted communities by continuing this delay. And, you know, if the legislators in the city of Boston and, you know, the state of Massachusetts are advocating for these delays, that they need to understand that, you know, you're not helping the problem, you're just creating a deeper issue within this problem. And one of the propositions Shelley came up with was, okay, if we have a delay, then nobody, not even existing dispensaries, should be able to have social consumption or delivery-only licenses. But she also said, okay, for the delay, in two weeks from now, we have to make an action plan and a timeline. And after those two weeks, so like around March 20th, the CCC, Cannabis Control Commission, has to come again and have a public meeting. On October 31st, the CCC will meet and talk about social consumption and delivery-only licenses. From October 31st, their plan from there is four months after. So on February, they're going to make decisions. February 2019. So in two weeks, action plan. October 31st, first public discussion for delivery only and social consumption licenses. And four months later, after they create a plan to collect, you know, local data after hiring the researcher, etc., then they're going to start making decisions. One of the questions Shalene kept asking was, okay, if you feel uncomfortable about voting on anything for social consumption and delivery only licenses, then what are your concerns? Because Commissioner McBride... Doyle and Commissioner Flanagan, um, they just kept saying, you know, we're not ready. We're worried. Okay, yeah, they so kept saying they needed why are, more data. Why are you worried? What, what data do you need? And pinpoint. one of Shalene's biggest questions was, okay, you guys need to come up with your questions so we know what data to collect. Right. And that was one of Hoffman's concerns as like one of the biggest issues in business is deciding what is useful data. And by knowing what data you need, you're, you know, concentrating on what it is you need to focus on. So, yeah, October 31st is when we'll hear more news on social consumption and delivery-only licenses. So, why was this a blessing in disguise? Why do you believe it was good? Um, Gabby just explained it. Right. But I'll tell you in my, in my, own, in my own way. Right. It was a blessing and a curse because they had delayed. We knew that this delay was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We knew that delivery and social consumption, meaning one-day and three-day events... And even just having the ability to consume at a dispensary yeah. was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or that it was only going to be left to medical dispensaries. Mm-hmm. But we actually created a delay. And I don't believe that they said that they were going to vote. I think they are definitely going to make it happen yeah. February 2019. They're going to have the data. Yeah, they're waiting all of this time to have the data. So that they can create the infrastructure for these licenses. Yes, but one of the things the CCC explicitly said, aka Commissioner Flanagan, was this doesn't mean that we're going to vote yes. It just means we have it under consideration. I think she was talking about the time because Shalene was trying to reserve five years where these equity applicants would have Mm -hmm. access to... Exclusivity. Yes. Exclusive access to these type of licenses. For micro-businesses and craft cooperatives. Yes. Yes. Craft cooperatives and equity Equity applicants. applicants. So if they are voted in, 
The people, the applicants who will have fair dibs are equity applicants, micro businesses, and co-ops. So low capital businesses will have first dibs, and that's what we need. You know, we're not going to give first dibs to someone who already has a capital advantage in the industry. That's not fair. You know, the whole point of social consumption is restorative justice, and you know we're not getting that if we're giving those who are already gaining in capital right now versus those who have no hand in the pocket. Yeah, well, that's really awesome. It was definitely a poll that I was not expecting, and. I'm very excited for that. Even though I totally think that February 2019 it's kind of long is the day. It is kind of long. It's kind of long, but it's not. So <laughs> this is the time where we actually have to make sure that we do our research and we get ready for these licenses. These licenses are gonna happen. Mm -hmm. We have to show up. We have to keep coming to these meetings. We have to look at everything that's already been decided for these meetings. Mm -hmm. Take a look at other states. Colorado just yeah. opened up the uh, coffee joint. Yeah, it's a like a vape and play. Place. Mm -hmm. So they're in Colorado because they have <laughs> indoor smoking or indoor act. You can't smoke inside. So it's either vaping or edibles in their social use. And also California has like an event organizer, event organizer license and event licensing. So we'll see what happens with California. So it's good. So look into yeah, those. There'll be data things. coming out. And, and you should actually use this time, this mm -hmm. year delay, to prepare on the local level. You're going to have to make sure your oh, business yeah. plan is good. Your community outreach plan is good. And you're going to make sure you just understand the rules and regulations so that you're being compliant. So use this year to prepare. There's going to be some pushback at the town level uh, around social use. So you know, have that in your game plan. If you want a social use license, start getting you know very comfy with the town you want to go after because you're going to have to convince some of those municipal elected officials that this is good for the town and this yeah. is why. So it should, it, it's good. to It gives you a year to prepare. And if yeah. you need help, we are always available to help you with those conversations so. yeah so contact yes. your local city councilor mayor and go to your local town hall meetings because that's where it starts yeah. and become a member and have access to not only the documents that we put out and we the summaries that we create but also the whole network of people that are consumer advocates people like ed d'souza eric schwartz uh, ryan peace yeah. jonathan hammond out in salem um we just have a lot of people from different yeah. towns who what are consumer advocates create? so he, he's on the uh like local zoning board for marijuana the marijuana yeah. zoning committee so the zoning committee for the town of southwick he's been pushing and then friendly zoning yeah and then another example jonathan hammond out in salem testified um to help open up zoning in the town of salem so we just need more consumer advocates who are willing to speak up on behalf of our community and that could be you yes so now i'm going to talk a little bit about uh one of the uh bad decisions or sad decisions that were made during these past few public policy debates um, and that is a decision that affects anyone that has been convicted of drug trafficking, anything other than marijuana. So what's going to happen with these individuals is if you are somebody that has been convicted of trafficking anything other than marijuana, you will not be able to participate in any sort of, in any part of the industry that touches the plant. So that means cultivation or making edibles or in the retail arena, you will not be able to get these jobs. This is very unfortunate because a lot of the times what happens, the difference between being convicted and not getting convicted is having access to resources and lawyers. And unfortunately, this is something that 
uh, Jennifer Flanagan, Commissioner Jennifer Flanagan and Commissioner Britta McBride felt really strongly about. And their biggest concern and the biggest reason why they made this decision was basically just um, aesthetics and and how it looks to have the Massachusetts industry have these type of people participate. Um, that's really all it is. They also are a little scared about uh, the federal level and Jeff exactly. Sessions. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. just afraid it's of, of Jeff Sessions and looking Cole, at the, the state. The memo being rescinded. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, we just need to be careful of who... This is still Schedule 1, so we have to be careful of who we're letting deal with the Schedule 1 drug. So it was a lot of fear, unfortunately. Yes. But we're going to, you know, we'll get to it, mm-hmm. but we can still fight. Yeah, we can still fight, and you can still send in emails. If you if you feel strongly about this, send them an email, because these regulations, although they are being finalized at this moment, they have the ability to be changed in the future. So send in letters, send in emails, send in tweets. Um, let them know that this isn't okay, because for anyone that has been convicted and has already gone to jail and paid their due to society, it's makes it more difficult to just get a job. The yeah. law also says communities that are disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs are encouraged to fully participate in this industry. We could say that regulation doesn't allow people to fully participate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And just to add on to that, um, anyone who's been formerly incarcerated under the Schedule 1 Act, um, anyone who's been convicted of any crime in relation to those drugs cannot... They do not qualify for affordable housing units. Yeah. So not only can they get can't they get jobs, it's really hard for them to find a place to live. Yes. You know, and that's you know affordable having a house housing. is everything. Yep. Yes. So this is a, a reason why these specifically these people really need access to these jobs. This industry is gonna make thousands of jobs and it's only right to have them participate. So please send in your notes, please send in your messages, let them hear what the people think. And lastly, just a couple of points. They touched on the Secret Chakra program, and we're gonna don't want to brag here, but the MRCC is the reason that Secret Chopper program exists. That's one of the reasons we actually really got started is because I was very concerned about contaminated uh, cannabis. They also added to the Secret Chopper program besides checking if the cannabis is contaminated on the shelves to also double check. Um, if t- people who are 21 and up aren't being a- allowed into the store with their ID. You know, there's been some problems in Oregon of some fake ID issues and people under 21, so they expanded the Secret Shopper program to be checking IDs. Um, they also added, they showed the um, image of what's going to be on the labels. Um, you know, they, they showed the THC um, letter and a big red, like, uh, triangle. triangle. And so that's good. You get an idea of if you're planning your advertising budget, you get to see, well, will this be incorporated into my budget? And lastly, this What can we do if we don't like any of these regulations? Email the Cannabis Control Commission. What is that process called? Is there a process for it? Yeah, so, which I was getting to. Um, <laughs> so... There's a process now. If you don't, if you have an issue with the licensing aspect or what these regulations that came out, you, there's going to be an appeal and hearing an appeal process. So you'll be able to file an appeal with the Cannabis Control Commission, and they'll have a hearing, um, and then you can proceed to. If it doesn't work out, there's legal challenges. You know, taking it to the court. Um, but we see this as a potential opportunity. You know, for some some violations of the law. 
that we're seeing potentially. Um, so we, we believe that the hearing and the appeal can be very useful if you see any violations um, or with even the Cannabis if, Control Commission or if you have problems with the regulations. If you have problems with the regulations or even the Cannabis Control Commission puts out minutes of right. all of their meetings. If you feel like the minutes miss something or you disagree with a statement that is on the minutes, you can file law. an yeah. appeal. Yes. Awesome. awesome. All right. So now, before we get into our finishing moves, we want to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Farm Bug Co-op. Farm Bug. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Eric, love you, man. Yes. <laughs> thank you for being so active and fighting for the rights of co-ops. Uh, we really appreciate you for helping the craft cannabis industry develop and grow. Yes, because farmers. Yes, you know, I'm not trying to get Walmart weed. I'm trying to get that high-quality, delicious, Paul's, Paul's small batch right weed. Exactly. <laughs> Non-pesticide weed. Yes, I'm yes. smoking that good home grow right now. So. Yeah, yes, oh yeah, we're going to be smoking a bit of this is Farm Bugs, yeah. farm oh, bugs yes. Co-op's ganja. <laughs> More so, Yes, thank you, Farmbug. Now, let's get into our finishing moves. All right, who's going first with finishing moves? I'll go first. I gotta think about it. We'll go this way. Finishing moves. Okay. Yes, I smoke weed every day. Please keep showing up. Um, we are only four people. Shout out to Eric and Ed Souza and all the other consumer advocates. We need more. We need uh, as many people as possible showing up locally. This industry is all politics, and all politics is local. So mm-hmm. we really need everyone to show up at the town hall, their civic association meetings. It, it really, if you want this industry to be yours, that's the way it becomes yours, is being fully active. So keep keeps showing up. You want to yeah. have cannabis cafes or delivery, like Drizzly? Drizzly. <sighs> Weedly. We need, a, <laughs> we need a Drizzly Weedly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. So my finishing move is going to be, well, I just want to shout out all these amazing students that participated in the International Lobby Day at the 2018 Student for Sensible Drug Policy yeah, Conference. Um, what this showed was that. Can you tell us what lobbying is? So What's lobbying <laughs> is, is a fancy word for showing up oh, and yes. speaking to your legislators about important topics that need to be implemented within our society. So there were over... There were dozens and dozens of students who went to the White House this weekend in support of removing uh, federal convictions off of your record. Um, also, commutation for people who are currently serving uh, prison time so that they are not in jail anymore because this is a legal commodity and legal activity. Um, so, I just want to shout out to all those amazing students who, you know, we are the new generation. We are the ones who are going to be controlling the future. We're yeah. going to be the future leaders of tomorrow. So, How can students get involved? If you want to get involved, contact Joe at Mass Rec Council. Uh, or, or start your SSDB own chapter. chapter. At SS, start mm-hmm. your own SSDB chapter yeah. at your university. Yeah, please. We, um, need more. we need more younger ver- voices yeah. in this industry, and you can totally make a difference. Yeah. So my finishing move is in relation to what I'm going to do the next few days. What are you going to do the next few days? So, um, I'm here representing eatme.land as well, and together with those efforts, I'm going to go to Cuba, Havana, to teach a 
basic photography introduction course to local artists and young Hawana kids, alongside with bringing art donations. Um, so yeah, all how did all, you get those donations, Gabby? Tell us about this amazing campaign. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, campaign, it relates with education, cannabis. You know, if you want to get something done, create a campaign so you could, start, so you could gain awareness. So you could gain awareness. So part of the reason I was yawning in here and there is because I'm exhausted. Because I've been preparing and gathering art donations while creating a thesis, different story. But, you know, I'm going tomorrow I'm traveling to Cuba, Havana, and on Sunday I'm going to provide a free photography one oh one crash course. And we're gonna Tell cover us about all the basics of photography and you know, we these past couple of months I've been collecting donations and created a campaign to gain awareness of the lack of resources my buddies out there have in relation to art. Campaigns are super important in the local level, international and global level. What kind of things did people donate? So people donated all types of things. We had notebooks, coloring books, sketchbooks, paintbrushes, acrylic paints, spray paints, a Nikon D90, um, a point and shoot, a Canon TI2. What? <laughs> we had a lot of stuff. And it's super important to understand these systems that we're in to better know how to disrupt them and how to better those communities that we create relationships with. Hell yeah. How can people stay updated with your adventure? Yes. So throughout the whole, my whole trip, like every other trip, I'm going to document it. I'm going to create videos. And if you want to stay updated with those adventures and with that campaign updates and outcomes, become a member and you can find us on patreon.com slash eat me underscore revolt. Let me say that again for you. Patreon.com slash eat me underscore revolt. Looking forward to have you guys updated with what we do. I'm excited for that trip. It's going to be awesome. They get the fuego? <laughs> Okay. How about, what's your finishing move, move Sonia? <laughs> My finishing move is this awesome event that we're going to have April 15, 2017. Oops, 2018. 2018. <laughs> yes. 2018. So we're inviting all of you to come out here and meet us and also meet other fellow consumers so that we can talk about and dream about how we want to create this industry and how we really want to impact everything that happens until these delivery and social con consumption licenses come out so come through super excited okay that's it that's all i have to say Recreational Consumer Council, become a member 